Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Thursday, 7th of December. Good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and presented as always by our title sponsor, Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800 747 800-747-3733. You're involved in any kind of an accident, I send you to them. You're going to be treated like family. Get the compensation you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE, 800-747-3733. Got a fun show planned for everybody today. Week 14, NFL getting going tonight. That means our pal is Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports Fantasy Football. He will join us today. We'll get into who are the good plays for tonight. Terrible game. Patriots-Steelers, no other way to spin it. Terrible game. We'll talk about Dolphins-Titans. Monday Night Football. So Jamie will join us, and of course, I mean, you guys know, with so much going on, NFL, NBA, NHL, Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, predictions. Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports, and not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played from MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, I want to I say real quick, uh, you know, it's the holiday season. Tonight, Hanukkah. Hell yeah. So, Hanukkah gets going tonight. The first of eight crazy nights. Hanukkah is here. Now, yesterday, I went to the bank. <laughs> had to do a little banking for Zaslow Show 2.0. So I went to the bank, and the whole point is, you know, I, I, I get, I get, and this always make, like, 
people complain about everything nowadays. So I, I, I get to the teller, and the very first thing he says to me, how you doing? You looking forward to Christmas? Okay. And immediately I said to him, I, I smile. I go, yes, I am. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas to you. And, and the, point that I'm, the point that I'm getting at is, it's the holiday season. Hanukkah starts tonight. We're a few, week, uh, few weeks, 18 days. Yeah, so a little less than a few weeks away from Christmas. And the point I'm trying to make is, when someone says Merry Christmas to you, you don't have to do the whole, you know, oh, uh, uh, happy holidays. It should be happy holidays. It means the same thing, is what I'm saying. If somebody says Merry Christmas to you, they're essentially saying happy holidays. Nope, it means the same thing. No one's trying to, to uh, forget that there are people who don't celebrate Christmas. Whatever it is you celebrate, Hanukkah or, or Kwanzaa or, or whatever, it, whatever else is going on out there. Merry Christmas means happy holidays. So when someone out there, like, we don't have to think so hard about, the point is, when they're saying Merry Christmas to you, they're trying, they're trying to tell you to have a great holiday. That's the point. So the whole, you know, uh, and I know it's become a very political thing, it's a war on Christmas. I mean, there's no war on Christmas, but we, we get offended by too many things. So at the start of the holiday season, I'm putting it out there. I like it when someone, you go, you're at the checkout line in Publix. I like it when someone says Merry Christmas to me. And you know what I say when some, I'm Jewish, uh, you know, newsflash. When someone says Merry Christmas to me, you know what I say? I smile and I say Merry Christmas to you, you know? Or when Christmas rolls around, did you have a nice Christmas? I sure did. How was your Christmas? Like, whatever, man. It's the, this, that really is an instance of it's the thought that counts, right? So, I don't know. We we got so many shit things going on in this in this world, in this country, in this country. All right, and I feel like someone wishing you Merry Christmas, and we're doing the whole Happy Holidays. I, I, that's it's not something we need to be bitching and moaning about. All right, somebody says Merry Christmas to you, whether you celebrate or not. You know what you do? You wish them Merry Christmas back, and you smile. All right, it's the thought that counts. So I like it. I like when that gentleman said, you know, are you looking forward to Christmas? Sure, why not? Yeah, exciting time of the year. Weather's really nice right now, by the way. All right, anyway, so last night, great great sports night. Top sports night last night. Very, very good. Of course, we got that double dip. My son had uh, an exhibition soccer match last night, and uh, uh, he scored a goal, actually, which was cool, and... He has a game this afternoon, too, for his school. His club team is Wesson Select, U15 boys, and and his school, he plays varsity soccer for Poznak School, which is great. It's District 2A, and they have a they have a game this afternoon, so I'm looking forward to that. Weather's great. But anyway, I was at my son's soccer exhibition last night, and we got home, and, and so I, I obviously have the Panther game recorded and the Heat game recorded. I like... Now, it sucks when they're going on the same days. They have to always play on the same day. They're both playing again on Friday. They always have to play on the same day. And they're both at home on Friday. It sucks. But on a night like last night, I like when the Panthers, or the Heat for that matter, I like when one of them is on national TV. Because then, when I get home and I've recorded both games, I can watch them individually. Because I want to watch both of them on the big TV. In the Zaslow Mansion family room. I don't want to have one of them on the small TV. 
I, I do that if I have to, but I want to give all my focus. The point I'm trying to make is you can't normally do that because if I were to put, say, the Heat game on the big TV and I'm watching on delay, I'm going to see the Panther game on the crawl on the bottom of the screen. There's no avoiding it. You're definitely going to see it. Bally updates you on the scores of the other games, which, by the way, I think is so outdated. If they want to put this, like, if you're watching the Heat game and they want to put the score of the other NBA games, obviously you do that. But I feel like they have to realize at some point, all right, with all the technology out there, I can be watching the Heat game, and if the Panther game is going on at the same time, maybe I love both teams, and I'm recording the Panther game. I don't want to have it spoiled for me. But so, so what I'm saying is, don't show the pan- don't show our other sports team scores on the bottom there. Because here's the thing: any of us that wants to know what's going, we're watching the Heat game last night, and the Panther game is going on at the same time. If we want to also know the Panther score because we're watching the Heat, we take out our phone and we look it up. Nobody has to wonder what the score is in the other game of the team that we like. Like, you're not sitting there watching the Heat game like, oh man, I hope I get an update on the Panthers. You know, in in a few minutes, it'll cycle back around. I could see the score of the Panther game. I can't wait. I got to know if they're winning. Like, we can all look it up ourselves. It's so, it, it's it's outdated having the crawl give the scoring updates on the bottom. If you're watching the Heat and you want to flash other NBA scores, that makes sense. But they shouldn't be putting the scores of our other home team that's going on at the same time. If we want to know that score, we all have the easiest of access to it. We're all carrying around a phone. We all have access to everything we need. It's so outdated. But I like nights like last night where the Panthers are on TNT because then I'll get home from my son's soccer exhibition last night and I'll watch the Panther game first because TNT is not going to show NBA updates during the Panther game. They're going to show other NHL scores, but they're not going to show the Heat score. When conversely, if I get home and I watch the Heat game and then I'm going to watch the Panther game... Bally, like I just said, it's stupid. They're going to show the Panthers score. It, it's it's so it's so outdated. It's archaic the way they do it. But anyway, so I got home. I watched the Panthers. <coughs> Excuse me. We'll get to that in a second here. Let's start things off with the Heat, though. So the Heat win 112-103. They win at Toronto. They improved to 12-9 overall. Here's my biggest takeaway. No Bam, no Highsmith, still no Hero. Here's my biggest takeaway. The Heat have played the most road games in the NBA right now. And they're above 500. They're 7-6 and six on the road. They played the most road games in the league right now. And they're 12-9, and nine, which is not a great record, but they've played 13 road games compared to 8 home games. The Heat are going to have a very home-heavy schedule coming up at some point to make up for it. And they're... Several games over 500 right now. They're a game over 500 on the road. The Heat have done, quietly, have done a really nice job here in the early part of the season record-wise, especially recovering from 1-4. and four. And, like, I know Jimmy Butler the other day, we're not where we want to be. We're a mediocre team. That was after, I think, the Chicago loss, or maybe it was the Indiana loss. I don't agree with Jimmy. I like that he said it. I like that he has that attitude where, like, it's, it's never enough, you know? But... I, I don't agree. I think the Heat are doing a really nice job right now. I think they're quietly having a vi- have had a very good 
quarter season starts, especially considering Tyler's been out, this team is much better than they were last year. Much better. Think about the pieces that they lost, all right? Significant pieces they lost, right? That's Struess and Vincent. Gabe Vincent, who never plays the Lakers, always hurt. But Struess and Vincent, those are the substantial pieces the Heat lost. And now factor in the pieces they've essentially gained, right? And they're going to get Tyler Hero back. But factor in the pieces that they've gained. Number one, we count Robinson as a piece they've gained. He wasn't playing in the regular season last year. And he's having the best year of his career. 21.63s last night. They've gained Haywood Highsmith, who is a legitimate starter for this team. They've gained Josh Richardson, who has been fantastic off the bench. They've gained Jaime Jaquez Jr., who has been a rookie sensation and Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month to start the season. This heat and bam is a lot better than he was last year. This Heat team, Jimmy can say all he wants, that they're mediocre and they're not where they need to be. I think it's I think it's the right thing to say. I think it's the whole never-be-satisfied attitude, let's be uncomfortable, but I totally disagree. This Heat team, they're really good. They're going to continue to get better, and Eric Spolstra's teams always, literally, Every single year, he's been the head coach of the team. Always get better throughout the season. They always play their best basketball in the second half of the season. And this Heat team right now, look, Toronto's no first prize, but they're 7-6 and six on the road. They play the most road games in the NBA right now, and they are clearly better than they were last year. I'm very, very pleased where this Miami Heat team is right now at the the quarter pole of the season. So next up for the Heat, Friday night at home against Cleveland. Now, here here's something, you know, if you watch like NBA on TNT, which today you got the in-season tournament, all right? We'll get to that. The Heat are never mentioned with the top teams. Never. You know, you got... Lakers and Pelicans today is 9 o'clock, 5 o'clock. It's like Final Four style. 5 o'clock in Vegas. Weird, right? It's 5 p.m., which is 2 p.m. local time, by the way. I really don't know what kind of crowds they're going to get there because our fans of the, like for 5 p.m., Pacers and Bucks. Are Pacer fans and Bucks travel, fans traveling to the game to go watch the semifinals like it's Final Four style of the in-season tournament? I don't think so. And at 2 p.m. local time, or just local Vegas people, they're, buying tickets for the games. I I don't know. I don't know what kind of crowds they're going to get there. But anyway, it's interesting because you'll watch TNT today, let's say, right? And they'll talk about, obviously, the Bucs, but they'll talk about the Pacers, and then they'll compare the Pacers to the other top teams in the East. And no one ever... This team is so much better than they were last year, and no one mentions them when talking about the top teams. It's always... Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. It's never, you know, the top teams in the East, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Miami. No. It's always top teams in the East, like Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. They never, ever mention Miami in that group. And I'm 
fine with it. You know I love that. I love when the Heat gets snubbed. I don't want any of our guys getting personal awards. I don't want any accolades. I don't want anybody picking us. I don't want anybody talking about us in a positive light. I want constant disrespect. And it is. It is disrespect. The Heat, they're the defending Eastern Conference champions. They've been in the NBA Finals two of the last four years. They're much better right now than they were at the regular season last year. No one ever mentions them. Think about that. Finals two of the last four years, defending Eastern Conference champions, most road games in the season so far, over 500 on the road, over 500 overall, never ever mentioned as one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Always Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Boston. Where's Miami? You'll be waiting forever if you're looking for them to mention the Heat. They never ever mention the Heat in that regard. All right. All right. I- I'm good with it. You you know I like that. I like when we don't get mentioned for any of that stuff. Keep it coming. It's all good. It's all good. Yesterday before the game, this couldn't have been his first time there. Maybe it's because he's nearing the end or it's the last year of his contract. I know he has missed some games in Toronto. He missed the most recent time the Heat were at Toronto. Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry met with the media before the game yesterday and and he and he tells everybody, listen, I'm a retired Raptor. So there's no farewell today. No, no farewell today. No, 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 no. Hell no, not this year. Will you do a tour? Will you announce it? No. no it's gonna be like, all right, y'all, peace. Sign with the Raptors for one day and it's out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely retiring as a Raptor. That's that's something I've, I've said since I left here. I will sign that day contract, you know, and, and that'll be my, you know, I will retire as a Toronto Raptor. That's just how it's going to be. Unless I die before that. But, Can we know. do it sooner rather than later? In, 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 I mean, in all, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, Kyle has been much better this year than the previous two regular seasons. Much better. But you also get... Nights like last night, excuse me, you get nights like last night where he's he's just invisible. And you would have thought a night like last night would have been a game that you get something from him. I mean, they're in Toronto. He loves being there. He's in front of family, friends, the hometown crowd. Played 28 minutes last night, three points, three assists, two turnovers, one for four from the floor. Like, he didn't do anything. Uh, he, he's he's invi- And he, he stinks defensively now. Can we retire Raptor today? Can we do that today? It was weird. Like, what are the reporters you hear there in the background? You know, are you, are, are you going to do some type of tour? Do Who do you think you're talking to? Do some type of tour. It's Kobe Bryant? You're gonna, we're going to do a, a retirement tour? I mean, I, how, how could that be a serious question? Like, I get it. it it's the only basketball team in all of Canada. So I, they're, and they're a great sports town. And they take the Raptors very seriously. Like I said, it's the only basketball in all of Canada. They're like Canada's team. But Kyle, are you going to do a tour? Who are you talking to? It's really weird. Anyway, so great job by the Heat last night. Next up Friday, at home against Cleveland. Most road games. And the Heat have done a really good job. Uh, not, not taking advantage, but a really good job getting out, to, uh, getting out in front of that heavy road schedule. To start things off here. You know what else is a good job? When you go to SheetsGiggles.com and you order the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets out there. I'm talking made safely, keeping the environment safe from eucalyptus trees. That's right. SheetsGiggles.com. They're making the bed sheets, the comforter, pillowcases, 
blankets. It's coming from eucalyptus trees. And, and I've already told you, a koala sleeps up to 18 hours a day on a eucalyptus tree. You know how comfortable my eucalyptus pillow is? I mean, think about that for a second. Go to SheetsGiggles.com. It's the holiday time. You got all kinds of great deals. You're going to become one of over 100,000 Americans who are sleeping on Sheets and Giggles and never turning back. SheetsGiggles.com. And if it's your first order from Sheets and Giggles, use promo code ZASLO. You'll get 20% off at checkout. Think about that. SheetsGiggles.com. Promo code ZASLO. Z-A-S-L-O-W. You get 20% off your first order. And then you keep going back. My man Colin, the founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles, constantly putting out the great deals, the great promos. Follow them on Twitter at Sheets Giggles. Go to SheetsGiggles.com, promo code Zaslow, get 20% off your first order at Sheets and Giggles. I, I sleep like a baby. I'm trying to help you guys. SheetsGiggles.com. All right. It is Thursday, so we, we do have a mailbag coming up, all right? We'll get to mailbag. You guys sent in a bunch of questions. We'll get to that in a moment. The Panthers last night, believe it or not, the Panthers had a three-game home losing streak. Terrible, all right? The Panthers had they have four losses overall at home going into last night's game. I've been to two games this year, Vancouver and Winnipeg. Those are two of the four losses. Terrible. So the Panthers, second game of this homestand, and they, they come off the loss. Who was it the other night? The Islanders. Ah, fuck the Islanders. So last night, a Dallas team, a really good Dallas Stars team. The Panthers are at home against last night. It's a national game, TNT. So you want to get in the win column. You want to show everybody nationally what we got going on. In the first period, the Panthers, they got on the board first. Long pass up the right side. Score! 1-0 Florida. Evan Rodriguez beating Jake Ottinger. Well, Jody made mention of Dallas trying to stretch things out. This is a great example of Florida. Doing it as well. It's a heck of a pass by Nico Mikola. Rodriguez able to sneak behind the Dallas defense. And Mikola heads up, finds a right hand shooting Rodriguez, and he rips it high blocker. Not an easy shot to make. Yes, Evan Rodriguez puts the Panthers up 1-0 in the first period. The Stars would tie it at one. Panthers got up to a little bit of a shaky start yesterday, but then for the most part, they dominated that first period. And then it was Sam Reinhart with his 17th goal of the year. Here's Barkov, give it go with Reinhardt, shoots it wide, and then Reinhardt scores! His 17th goal this season. Well, the duo of Barkov and Reinhardt have been just awesome all year long for this Panthers team, and you talk about chemistry in the offensive zone. Look at this passing that takes place. Give and go twice between Barkov and Reinhardt. And Reinhardt, who just seems to be around the puck at all times. So Reinhardt, 17th goal of the year, puts the Panthers up 2-1. They're up 2-1 after the first period. And then early in the second, the Panthers take a two-goal lead. Dallas got great youth hockey as well. So the game is growing, and that means we're going to have a lot more players to choose from across this country, which means more NHL stars, which is great. But back come the Stars. The Stars would tie the game at three. We move to the third period, and shortly after the Stars tied in three, Sasha Barkov takes advantage of a really lucky bounce. Reinhardt shoots. 
And then from a tough angle, the Panthers back on top, but bounced out in front onto the stick of Barkov. Barkov's starting to heat up. I love when Barkov scores. Like, that was a huge goal. Put them up 4-3. Stopped the bleeding. They blew a two-goal lead. He never gets excited. It's like every time he scores, he knows that's just what he's supposed to do. So the Panthers go up 4-3. And then on the power play in the third, Evan Rodriguez. That top line again, his second goal of the night. Here's Rodriguez with the puck. Out to Ekman Larson. Ekman Larson with a shot blocked in front. Comes to Rodriguez. Couldn't see it up. Now he does. And he scores. His second of the night. 5-3 Panthers. Yeah, big night for that top line. Four of the five goals coming from the top line. And then Verhage had the other one. Rodriguez with a pair of goals. Reinhardt, 17 goals on the year. The captain gave the Panthers the lead, but the game-winning goal would end up being Rodriguez's second because Dallas did get one back. The Panthers hang on when the Stars pull the goalie for the extra skater. Panthers win 5-4. That's what we're talking about. All right, let's get to Zaslow Show 2.0 mailbag. Here we go. Here's what we got going on as far as the mailbag. I love when you guys participate. Got some good participation today. Let's see what you guys got. We'll start things off here. This question is from Abraham. All right, Abraham, I see you. Abraham asks, uh, is Zaslow, is Roman Reigns' run a legit run? All right, now, I think what he means by that is compared to... Because Roman is is gone so often because he's not he doesn't defend the title as much as like right now he's got the third longest reign ever Roman Reigns as world champion behind only Bruno San Martino and Hulk Hogan and when you look at all the title defenses of those guys like it's it's like hundreds more than Roman Reigns but here's the thing like Hulk Hogan and that that was my champion growing up Hulk Hogan all those title defenses are at house shows. And Roman Reigns doesn't do any house shows. So the, the, the number is really, really bloated because there was no chance Hogan was ever going to lose the title at a house show. Now, I understand the title has switched at house shows before. I mean, most recently, NXT, a few like six years ago, Finn Balor dropped the NXT title to Samoa Joe at a house show. Uh, back in the day, Bret Hart won his first ever WWF championship at a house show over Ric Flair. Diesel won his first WWF championship at a house show over Bob Backlund. So, yes, it it, it has happened, but Hulk Hogan was never going to lose his title at a house show. So, Roman Reigns defends his title at the pay-per-views. And he's not defending at every pay-per-view, but Hulk Hogan, the only opportunities, the only real chance of him ever losing the title at pay-per-views, look... WrestleMania started in 1985. Up until 1987, 1987 or 1988, WrestleMania was the only pay-per-view. And then in 1987 or 88, whichever one it was, then Survivor Series popped up. So then you had a couple. And then SummerSlam and Royal Rumble. So then you had four. So for years, you had just one pay-per-view a year with Hogan defending. And and he didn't defend it at WrestleMania 1, by the way. And then for several years after that, you only had two, three, or four pay-per-views, and title defenses. And Hogan wasn't defending the title at Survivor Series the first couple years because those were tag matches. It was traditional Survivor Series matches. So, yes, Roman Reigns' title run is legitimate because it's it's a bit unre- it's a bit exaggerated 
all those title defenses by Hogan because there were only a few, two or three title defenses a year that actually mattered for Hulk Hogan. So there you go. All right, next question. Also, Abraham's got another. Will the Heat be top four or bottom four playoff contenders? Yeah, I think they're top four. You know, I just told you, they they never mentioned the Heat with Philadelphia, Boston, Milwaukee. Who's that fourth team, or at least in the mix of those teams? Yeah, it's it's Miami, so they're a top four team. My man Pino G is asking, do you like this new NBA in-season tournament thing? And they now have two trophies this year? What's up with that? Well, yes, I, I enjoy it very, very much. I didn't know if I was going to enjoy it, and I think it's worked out very well. And yes, they technically have two trophies. This is the NBA Cup, but it's like it's 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 not the it's not the Larry O'Brien Trophy. All right, the Larry O'Brien Trophy is the big one. That's the one you really want. This is just something to add to your team's resume. Now, what's it going to look like when one of these teams this weekend holds up that NBA Cup as if they won an NBA championship? I think I think there's going to be a lot of busting on that team on social media. We'll see what the reaction's like, because it's not the same thing. Next question here is from Mike in West Palm. He says, Zaslow, can we finally give some props to Austin Jackson? Listen, I was dead wrong about Austin Jackson. All of us were dead wrong about Austin Jackson. Austin Jackson signs a three-year, $39 million extension, and it, it is pretty cool that Austin Jackson has gone from a certified first-round bust to pillar on this offensive line. It's okay to be wrong sometimes. And this is one of those times it's okay to be wrong. Austin Jackson signs the extension. He has been great this year. He went from bust to a foundation of this offensive line. You love to see it. I love being right. Sports talk show hosts love being right. I mean, I don't know a sports talk show host who loves being right more than my former co-host and my sometimes co-host when I fill in, Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio. She... She, lo- if we were making a, a, a pyramid, all right, a tier list of sports talk shows who love being right, she's at the very top. Everyone else is below. Everyone else is second tier and below. She's the only one on number one top tier. But sometimes it's okay to be wrong as a talk show host. This is one of those times. Yes, you got to get props to, to Austin Jackson. He's been excellent. Deserved. Deserved extension. Brandon asks, Zaslow, why was Joe Cronin so right? Is there another Wojnarowski puff piece coming? Will the ringer tell me how Joe Cronin took the better deal? Yeah, the, the Blazers dropped to 6-14 and 14 last night. Uh, you know, Malcolm Brogdon is really the only piece they got because they traded Drew Holiday. Malcolm Brogdon, I mean, he I don't know if he has any knees that work. The team is terrible. Scoot Henderson comes off the bench. He has not been good. I mean, straight up not good. And... I think the Heat fan looks at it and says, good, we're glad that that cockroach, Joe Cronin, wouldn't answer the phone call, but we wouldn't want Jaime Jaquez on the Blazers. We're glad that we have Jaime Jaquez. And you can't tell me, you're the Blazers. You you wouldn't rather have Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Jaime Jaquez Jr. right now? You're so fucking stupid. If, if, you, actually, if you actually believe that, you're so fucking stupid. All right, next question is from Jay Smooth. And Jay Smooth says... Zaslow, question. With a healthy Tyler Hero, would the emergence of Hawkes Jr. still happen? Plus, would we have seen a revamped Duncan Robinson? The Heat is rolling in the absence of Hero. What would the team look like when he returns? Whose minutes will drop? Well, honestly, now I'm, I, I don't believe the better without Tyler Hero stuff. 
He you know, scored over 20 points per game. He's been shooting the ball very, very well. It doesn't make sense. And, and those fourth quarters where the Heat go into a low and they need a, a bucket getter, you don't think Tyler Hero helps in that spot? All right, so come on. Don't be stupid. But who? what should the team look like when he returns? Whose minutes will drop? This isn't going to be the case. But Kyle Lowry's minutes should drop. Lowry's the one who shouldn't be playing. The reality of it is, Hero should be starting instead of Lowry. And and you're, Now, if they keep Lowry in the starting lineup, I actually believe Hero should come off the bench to balance things out because who in that starting lineup are you going to take out otherwise without sacrificing too much defense? The starting lineup should be Hero, Butler, Robinson, Highsmith, and Abayo. That's what it should be. With Caleb Martin, Jaime Jaquez, Josh Richardson, Kevin Love off the bench. I mean, Hero should be starting. Lowry shouldn't be playing. What's Lowry good at anymore? So, I don't think that's going to be the case. And, and I don't want to take Robinson out of the starting lineup. The three-point shooting's too good. I don't want to take Highsmith out when he's healthy. And when Highsmith's not available, Martin starts, like last night, because he looks like he's rounded back into form. You got Butler, you got Bam. So, that final spot, should it be Hero or should it be Lowry? And what kind of question are we asked? Like, what is that? So, it should be Lowry, but I don't think that's going to end up being the case. Next question here is from Gustavo. Gustavo asks, is Orlando Robinson officially BAM's backup? I don't I don't think the team operates like that. You know, it's always about your time will come. And right now, because BAM is out, it, this is Robinson's time. His time has come. But we're going to get back to a place where Thomas Bryant's number is going to get called, and he's going to get minutes again. Right now, it's Orlando Robinson's time. We see this every year with this team. A guy will play a lot, and then all of a sudden he's out of the rotation. His time will come. Can you can you sacrifice and can you be uh, can you be happy for your teammate's success? So, is he officially Bam's backup? No, but just right now is his time. Kyle asks Zaslow, "How good are the Panthers? And what is your expectation?" I think the Panthers are really good. And well, expectation the the the, the goal should be Stanley Cup. They were in the Stanley Cup Finals last year. The goal should be to get back and win it. So, do I expect them to win the Stanley Cup Final? It's the hardest trophy to win. So, like, no, I don't expect them to win it. Only one team wins the last game. But the 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 the, the hope has to be like the goal of the season is win the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Kyle also. Oh, Kyle, you want a second question? Okay, that's all right. Uh, if I could ask a second question, do you like the fake Zaslows? on Lepetard, and who does it best? Is there multiple fake Zaslows? I, I, look, I love any time those guys talk about me. I haven't been on the show in a while. They haven't asked me. I don't know. Maybe they don't like me anymore. But I, I love when they talk about me. Uh, all those guys are my favorites. I didn't know there are multiple fake Zaslows. So do I like it? Yes, of course I like it. Of course I like it. All right, next question here is from Alex. Alex says, Zaslow. Are you and the GOAT, Glenn Rice, real friends? Uh, that's a great question. And yeah, I think the answer is yes. We message each other. We text every now and then. And I mean, like, not like direct messages on Instagram or Twitter. Like, we text every now and then. Uh, yeah, he's, and every time I see him, like, I, I always see him over the summer a lot because of Heat Basketball Camp and my older son goes to camp. So, so I get to see him a lot then. But... 
yeah, and that, that's my guy. And I, we're friends, which is really one of the absolute coolest things because he was my absolute hero, just my hero growing up. And, and, and he is, he is a nicer guy than he was a, a great basketball player. And he was great. And he's even nicer as a person, which is so cool. All right, finally, one more. Steve. <coughs> Steve asks, Zaslow, did you watch NXT Tuesday? It was a great go-home show. Uh, I did not watch it last night, although I think there was a match in it last night that I want, or two nights ago, that I wanted to watch. And then he also asked, how bad was Christian versus Edge last night? Ugh. All right. I, I didn't watch Dynamite Live last night. I mean, I had to watch the Panthers and Heat when I got home from my son's soccer exhibition. So I, I was plan or I am planning on watching AEW tonight. I'm going to. By the way, we're going to stream tonight, live stream, brand new episode of It's Still Real to Me tonight. So make sure you check that out. You look out for that. But I, now I'm definitely looking forward to watching Christian vs. Edge because I got to tell you, I, I, have not, I have not liked this feud. I... I just, I, 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 I don't, I, I feel like it's lacking juice somewhere. And if you're telling me that Christian versus Edge was terrible last night, uh, that's, that's disappointing. I, I guess I'm, I'm not surprised, but it's disappointing. I, I feel like it's lacking something. And WWE is just so damn hot right now. And I feel like Edge is missing out. You know, WWE is so hot and, and AEW live crowds have not been good and I wonder if he's having second thoughts. Anyway, uh, I'll check that out tonight. Appreciate all you guys who sent in your questions for this week's edition of Mailback. All right, we'll get to Jamie Eisberg. We'll do some fantasy football with him in a moment. First, though, I want to tell you guys about the only car dealership I personally endorse. Of course, I'm talking about North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. If you're thinking about getting a new ride... Look, that should be an exciting experience. It should be comfortable. You should be treated like royalty. And that's why I send you where all of those things are going to happen at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. That's right. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you're talking the widest inventory of new and used cars, trucks, SUVs. Maybe you're just looking to get your current vehicle service. Luckily, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, they service all makes and models. Plus, with an extensive new and pre-owned Subaru inventory, you're sure to find your next vehicle. All new and most pre-owned vehicles, they come with a lifetime warranty, so you know you're covered. And right now, at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you can make zero down payment, make zero payments for three months, and make zero security deposit. Go to nflsubaru.com. That's nflsubaru.com for full details. North of Fort Lauderdale Subaru, the location you know with an experience you'll love. So, we got the NBA in-season tournament uh, semifinals. This is a very big deal. In Vegas, 5 p.m. start here, 9 p.m. the second game. Eastern Conference first, Milwaukee, Indiana. 9 o'clock, Lakers-Pelicans. Now, let me tell you something. I don't normally give out plays, but I'm going to do that here. All right. Lakers, minus one and a half against the Pelicans tonight at 9 p.m. If you don't think LeBron James is going to be in the finals of the inaugural NBA in-season tournament, you need to have your head examined. Lakers, minus one and a half. That's the play. Let's get serious here. You don't think that LeBron, who, who claims that he is going to have his franchise, that's what he said. 
He goes, when I bring my franchise to Vegas. He's talking about owning a team. If you don't think LeBron is going to be in the finals of the first ever in-season tournament, you got to have your head examined. All right? What's the matter with you? I don't normally give out plays. But I'm telling you, the Lakers minus one and a half are a lock tonight. A lock. There is no way, if you know anything about this NBA, there is no way, if you don't understand that LeBron is winning this game today, you you don't get this league. You don't understand it. And by the way, LeBron's listed as questionable with a calf injury going into the game tonight. Not only if you don't understand that LeBron's winning this thing, do you not know the NBA? But if you don't understand, there's nothing wrong with LeBron, okay? And he's a thousand, he's questionable for today. He's a thousand percent playing. LeBron shows up on the injury report so he can have an amazing game tonight and an amazing game on Saturday. Not only does he win the inaugural NBA Cup, he does it in Vegas and he was hurt. He, like, expect LeBron James to miss some games after they win this tournament on Saturday night because he got through it hurt. That's why he showed up on the injury report here tonight. Questionable. Questionable my ass. LeBron is 1,000% playing, and they are 1,000% winning tonight. Now, do they win on Saturday night against Milwaukee or Indiana? That's another story. I don't know. But I know LeBron is playing in the finals of the inaugural cup. And I know he shows up on the injury report as questionable. So it's another story for the King. He got through the game. He's going to win this tournament while he's hurt. Come on. Couple other things. Like, I don't know if anyone's noticed this. This has nothing to do with the end season tournament. The Detroit Pistons have lost 18 games in a row. The Pistons are 2-19. How is that professional basketball? They went out and made Monty Williams the highest paid coach in the NBA. And they're 2-19? and 19, And they've lost 18 in a row? Like, there's something rotten going on in Detroit. That's, that's unacceptable. That team is rotten. No team should be 2-19. and 19. It's professional basketball. And then at the same time, I also feel like no one's noticing... The San Antonio Spurs have lost 15 consecutive games. The Spurs are a Western Conference worst, 3-17. They've lost 15 in a row. That's why I asked the other day, I did a Twitter poll question the other day, who is the most overrated coach of all time? Bill Belichick or Greg Popovich? You know, I'm not saying it's easy to coach stars. But it's a lot easier to win when you have, a be- have the best players and you have a ton of talent. Can you do some winning when maybe you don't have a ton of talent? Well, Belichick has shown he cannot. The only way he could win is with Tom Brady. All-time most overrated coach in NFL history, Bill Belichick. Popovich has missed the playoffs four consecutive years, I think it is. Last year, they won just 22 games. The year before that, like 30. They're awful. Since Kawhi Leonard left. They've lost 15 in a row. They're 3-17. And 
Not that this is Wembanyama's fault, but and, and if you look statistically, Wembanyama, I mean, he hasn't been that good. He's averaging 19 points and 10 rebounds a game, which obviously, for anyone, let alone a rookie, is, by all accounts, very good. But he's seven foot four. He shoots 43% from the floor. It's not good. He shoots 27% from three, and he shoots five of them a game. That's bad. And, like I said, he's a rookie. It's certainly not his fault that they've lost 15 in a row, but I think it's taken a... I, I think, like, his aura, I think it takes a hit. You lose 15 in a row. The number one overall pick is supposed to be a franchise changer and is supposed to help you get better right away. They're significantly worse than they were last year. Is Popovich coaching at all? Is he doing anything? I think it really... I think Wembanyama's aura, I think it takes a major hit. 15 consecutive losses? Come on. Come on. All guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba. European roots with that Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba for yourself. That's how you enjoy the NFL action starting tonight with Week 14. Go to your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Make sure you're always drinking responsibly. And, of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba Contra. Stay tranquilo. Joining us here is our pal, Jamie Eisenberg. Yes, fantasy football joins us every Thursday. Jamie, thanks as always for joining us. Before we get to the game, let's, let's hit on a few uh, hot button issues here. Big news today for the Dolphins. They extend right tackle Austin Jackson, three-year deal. And, I mean, look, you know this Dolphin team very well, obviously. I feel like we've come a long way from calling Austin Jackson a bust, and now he's uh, he, he's a foundation of this offensive line moving forward. 100%. You know, you always like to see guys who uh, get off to a little bit rocky start in their careers and, you know, step it up at the right time. And, you know, you hope it's not just a contract year situation, but clearly he's played fantastic. Uh, you know, for, for those people that, that aren't aware, he's the actual blindside protector for Tua, you know, because he's lefty. So that matters from a right tackle perspective, not that the left tackle is not as important. But still, um, yeah, he's had a fantastic season, a big piece of this offense. And look, they, they can't have all this fun as well as Tyreek Hill plays and the running backs and, you know, Jalen Waddle, Tua, they can't have all this fun if the offensive line is not keeping Tua protected and, and, and opening holes in the run game. So reward your players, stay in-house. You always like to see that. That's better than going out and bringing somebody else in unless you're getting a, you know, superstar stud. But easier to do it this way. And, you know, kudos to him and kudos to the Dolphins for locking him up early. How about uh, let's do a little bit of the MVP conversation. Uh, you, you know, we're getting down to it. Just five games left here in the season, you know, it feels to me every every other week, it seems, we're, we're switching from, okay, is it Mahomes? All right, maybe it's Tua. Maybe it's C.J. Stroud. Then it's Jalen Hurts. Now it could be Dak Prescott. So the fact that there's no real clear runaway winner at the quarterback position, do you think it actually opens up an opportunity for a guy like Tyreek Hill to win it? A hundred percent, you know, and we've talked about this a lot, you know, uh, how much will maybe Tyreek and Tua take away from each other because – they go hand in hand. You know, Tua's going to have a fantastic season. Well, Tyreek Hill's a big part of that. How is Tyreek Hill going to potentially get to 2,000 yards? Well, Tua's a big part of that. So they may negate each other a little bit, uh, which is why you might see, you know, Tyreek just win the Offensive Player of the Year award. But, you know, Brock Purdy's put himself in the conversation. You also have Christian McCaffrey on the same team. 
Um, I would not be surprised if there's a strong finish for Lamar Jackson, if he, you know, could, could potentially steal the award as well because of what the Ravens have done from a record standpoint. So uh, it, it's, it's definitely going to be a wide open race. You know, it's not like the last couple of seasons where you kind of knew at this point who it was going to be. So whoever closes the season strong and, you know, the Dolphins, the knock on them has been, can they beat a, a, a winning opponent? Well, they're going to get Baltimore. They're going to get Dallas. If, if Tua or Tyreek or both come out of those games with wins and big numbers, they may put themselves in a great spot to win that award. Jamie, what do you make of the situation right now in New York? You know, we, we know Zach Wilson isn't any good, but the part that's weird to me and is a really bad look for the head coach, you know, a, a few weeks ago, Tim Boyle gave the Jets the best chance to win football games. Okay, fine. But now Tim Boyle apparently isn't even good enough to be on the team. And Zach Wilson is back to being starter. What do you make of all that? I mean, you know, it, it, it is a bad look on Robert Sala. It feels like he doesn't have a good pulse of what the team needs and maybe wants and, and what he wants to see. Because, look, I, th- their year got turned upside down a quarter into the season, you know, when, when Aaron Rodgers blew out his Achilles. So, you know, to try and maybe salvage something, you know, they were trying to see, okay, if they get into the playoff race, does maybe Rodgers come back? And we know that was such a long shot. So, you know, maybe at that point with the way Zach Wilson was struggling, he wanted to give his team a little bit of a boost and, and, and going to Tim Boyle, which really never made much sense because of what Tim Boyle was and was never going to be. So you just sort of should have let Zach Wilson finish out the season. And I thought the idea going into this was the reason they kept Zach Wilson as the backup was just in case learning from Aaron Rodgers and getting the idea to – you know, get some some tips and, and not have the, the stress of starting that maybe when Rodgers is done, that Wilson can get the opportunity to be the franchise guy. Well, that's obviously failed as well. So to not let him finish out the season, I thought was a mistake. And now they're sort of trying, you know, to crawl themselves back into this. So you can understand Zach Wilson saying, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. You know, what is this doing for me from a, from a career standpoint? It does seem a little wishy-washy that he wouldn't just jump at the opportunity to get back out there and play because how many games may he start the rest of his career based on how things have gone. So at this point, it just looks bad all the way around. And you hope for the young man's sake that he can sort of salvage something that might be able to help him wherever he plays in the future. All right, Jamie, let's start looking at tonight. Week 14 gets going. Uh, This is a brutal game. I don't think there's any other way to look at it. You know, yes, I understand the Steelers right now. They're a playoff team. You know, the Steelers are number five in the AFC, while the Patriots are are just the drizzling shits at two and ten. But but these these are two teams that can't score. What do we make of tonight? Yeah, probably play the under, <laughs> you know, I think if you're going to go that route. Um, it's uh, it, it's an ugly one. You got backup quarterbacks, you know, because Kenny Pickett is out. And that's a shame because, you know, I was I was hoping to see two games ago, the offense looked much better, you know, when they made the change of Matt Canada, the offense coordinator firing him. And then last week they just couldn't do anything and Pickett got hurt in that game. So, you know, you just wonder where they're at at this point. You know, from Mike Tomlin, you know, based on how he's operated over the last couple of seasons, just trying to get the win, see if you get in the playoffs and, you know, maybe your defense and your run game can help you out. But for tonight's game, it's really a lot of, avoids uh the, the Patriots are down their best player so Ramondre Stevenson may miss the rest of the season with the ankle injury I think you look at Ezekiel Elliott I know it seems strange to talk about him in 2023 as maybe somebody could help win some fantasy leagues but six of the last seven games a Patriots running back five of those were Stevenson 13 plus PPR points that's a good place to be so the Steelers run defense is struggling we saw last week James Conner two touchdowns and 100 yards I kind of like Elliott a little bit as a number two running back this week I don't really love the Steelers running backs because they're going to take away from each other in a tough matchup. So really, it's if you can avoid almost everybody from this game, that's probably your best play, aside from the defenses, because they'll put up some points with some sacks and hopefully some turnovers. Dolphins and Titans on Monday night. I'm very excited. I'm going. I'm taking my son. Got him a Hanukkah, an early Hanukkah gift, all right? 
by the way, happy Hanukkah, of course, to the Eisenberg household. We got eight crazy nights coming up here. So, Dolphins, Titans, what do we like on Monday Night Football? Love that Hanukkah gift, and happy Hanukkah to you and your family as well. Um, you know, I, I think it's almost everybody for the Dolphins, you know. So, the Titans' run defense is, is missing a key piece with Jeffrey Simmons not there, but I don't know if he was there if they stopped Devon Achan and Raheem Mostert. And I think at this point you got to – Put HN a spot ahead or two of, of Mostert just with the upside. You know, we saw that last week, even though a lot of it came in garbage time against Washington. Uh, but both are still worth starting. Uh, can Jalen Walla put up a big game? Well, the, the Titans secondary has been miserable most of the season, so you got to bank on him. And obviously, Tua and Tyreek are must-start plays. So it should be a fun day for the Dolphins. It should be a fun day for you to watch that game in person. They're, you know, nearly two touchdown favorites. And that sort of plays into the Titans because when the Titans lose and lose badly, understandably so, Derrick Henry is miserable. So... Uh, Dolphins run defense has been really good of late. Henry, again, whenever they've lost by eight points or more, he's been awful. It's happened three times. I don't think he's gotten a combined 15 fantasy points in those three games. So uh, you can maybe move away from Derrick Henry, which is tough in week 14. DeAndre Hopkins is going to see a lot of Jalen Ramsey, most likely, but even the other side is going to be difficult as well. So Hopkins is at best a number three receiver. And really those are the only two guys for the Titans that you'd be considering. That week 17 game for the Dolphins, Jamie, Dolphins at Ravens, that's going to be for first place in the AFC, right? It feels like it. You know, we'll see what happens with the Chiefs and obviously the Jaguars. But, you know, losing Trevor Lawrence forever long, he's going to be out, puts a big damper on them, and they have to play Cleveland and Baltimore in back-to-back games. So even with Lawrence, it'd be a tough go. Uh, but obviously Baltimore, you know, they got a tough schedule also. We'll see how they get through it. They've had a couple of surprise losses this season, so you never know how things go there. But if the Chiefs get their act together, you know they, you know what that team's like in December. So it's going to be fun. I do think that it, it, it definitely will have huge playoff implications, whether it's the one seed or not. You know, you don't want to – Necessarily put yourself in a situation where you're playing a tough wild card opponent. So we know Buffalo is still going to be looming. We know clearly the Colts are playing well, the Texans are playing well. So the tough wild card spot, tough wild card games could still be on the table. You want to try to control your own destiny as much as you can. But yeah, if you get the one seed, that's going to be the thing you're searching for. All right, Jamie. So, uh, we, you know, we pretty much know the best plays for each of the skill positions, but give me some sneaky good plays this week. So, a quarterback, I'm going to go back to Gardner Minshew. Remember, there's still two teams on a bye, so you don't have Kyler Murray, you don't have Sam Howell. Minshew had his best game since week seven last week, over 20 fantasy points. And it's a pretty favorable matchup against the uh, the Bengals defense right now. They're struggling. So that kind of got lost in the game last week, just how bad Cincinnati's defense continues to be. So I like Gardner Minshew, a quarterback. At running back, it was tough to find a lot of guys off the waiver wire this week because some of the injuries we were expecting, for example, Derrick Henry, he's going to play. Uh, DeAndre Swift, he's going to play. But we do have a couple of guys that were still available to you that you can go pick up and potentially start. The biggest one being Ezekiel Elliott in tonight's game. So um, if you did pick him up, if he hasn't on your bench, again, the Steelers' linebacking core is banged up. Uh, I like Zeke in this matchup tonight. Keaton Mitchell is another guy I'm kind of curious about for the Ravens. They gave him more work than Gus Edwards last time that they played two weeks ago. Rams' run defense is tough, but Mitchell has that explosive ability. So he might be a fun one in that game between the Rams and the Ravens. A lot of guys at wide receiver. Uh, Elijah Moore is probably my favorite streaming option this week especially if Amari Cooper is out with the concussion and if Joe Flacco starts. He got 12 targets from Flacco last week. He's facing that Jacksonville defense, which has also been really bad lately. And so while he doesn't catch a lot of the targets that he gets, he's going to get a lot of them. And he's gotten 35 targets in his last four games. That's hard to overlook. Tight end, I'd go back to Isaiah Likely. Again, no Mark Andrews. Good matchup against the Rams. They've struggled against tight ends lately. And then a couple other sneaky plays at that position. You got Gerald Everett, who's done a nice job for Justin Herbert. The Broncos are miserable against tight ends. And then Tyler Conklin for the Jets coming off a game with nine targets. The Texans are really bad against tight ends as well. Jamie, who uh, who are we keeping track of on the uh, the injury reports the next couple days? And what do we think is going to end up being the case with Trevor Lawrence? I would be surprised if he played. You know, they still have the opportunity to win the division. And so while this was going to be a tough game for them, 
with Trevor Lawrence, why would you run him out there in Cleveland against that defense, which is so aggressive for Jim Schwartz at less than 100%. So let him get healthy for a week, try and beat Baltimore next week. But really, you got to just, at this point, win the division. The number one seed at this point, I think, is a pipe dream for them. But make sure Trevor Lawrence is healthy because the last thing you want to do is miss him for the rest of the year. Uh, you know Christian Kirk is out for the next several weeks. Um, Derek Carr is an interesting one because if he's out, Jameis Winston comes in, and he's been very good for the wide receivers. We know that throughout the course of his history, 5,000-yard season in Tampa Bay, that was great for Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. So Chris Olave would get a little bit even more of a boost if uh, if Jameis Winston starts. Again, Amari Cooper is, uh, is one to keep an eye on there um, with his concussion situation. I'm trying to think of the running backs that we're looking at here. Henry should play. We'll find out his practice status today, Thursday, uh, despite dealing with the head injury last week. And then, um, yeah, I think that's it. We know the Patriots guys are out for tonight. You know, So no Ramondre Stevenson and no uh, DeMar Douglas. Jamie, tell everybody how they can hear you and your pals leading up to tonight's game and, of course, all the action this weekend. Yeah, CBS Sports HQ. It's our 24-hour streaming network. We're also on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Fantasy Football Today. And then our Fantasy Football Today podcast, which you can also watch on our YouTube page. Uh, we try to make sure you got your lineups right. It's playoff time starting next week, so let's make sure you get those wins. Great job, Jamie. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Happy Hanukkah again to you and your family, man. You as well. It's good to talk to you and enjoy that game Monday night. Excellent job by Jamie Eisenberg. So you get a little bit of help there with your fantasy football lineup. We got week 14 getting going tonight. It's all happening. All right. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. Got a few for you here. We'll start things off with so Adam Silver. The NBA commissioner, he was on SiriusXM NBA radio yesterday with Termini and Eddie Johnson. You know I like those guys. I'm a big fan of SiriusXM NBA radio. I mean, the starting lineup, Frank Isola, Brian Scalabrini, that's my favorite. But I listen to Termini and Eddie Johnson every day as well. They had the commissioner, Adam Silver, on the show yesterday because they're out there in Vegas. We got the tournament semifinals this afternoon. And they, look. Termini doesn't mess around. He's going to ask the good questions. He doesn't pull any punches. And he asks the commissioner, what's going on with Scott Foster and Chris Paul? You have there, as you said, um, two veterans, you know, who are the best at what they do. Mm -hmm. Scott is one of the most respected NBA officials, one of the highest rated NBA officials, which is why he referees in our finals game. Mm -hmm. Of course, Chris, you know, track Mm -hmm. record speaks for itself. You know, the way you handle that, at least the way we've tried to handle that, is talk to both of them and say, the expectation is you're going to be professional and deal, you know, you know, privately um, with the two of them and just say, you know, this is guys, you know, whatever the bad blood is between you two, you don't have to be friends, but you got to go out, both go out and do your jobs. And so that's my expectation going forward. I'm going big deal mainly because, yeah, I, I like that Termini and Eddie. They ask the good questions there. These are not softballs. That's a good question. It's a relevant question. And look, the bottom line is, yeah, they got to be professional. And between the two of them, if Scott Foster were not being professional, he would lose his job. If Chris Poe is not being professional, what happens? Like, nothing happens. And Chris Paul, you were clearly able to see from the last exchange last week, Chris Paul completely unprofessional. So, I'm going big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So, Randy Orton, WWE legend, 14-time world champion, future Hall of Famer. He returned a couple weeks ago at Survivor Series. He's an all-time great. He sat down on Impulsive with WWE superstar Logan Paul. This is good shit right here. 
It's weird talking about putting matches together. Um, back in the day, we would never be sitting here talking to each other, talking about how we put shit together. Mm. But um, when you have so many things you're thinking about ahead of time, like all those things with Ray, you had them burned in. For sure. It's hard to kind of be in the moment. If you go out there, if you and me went out there and we had nothing laid out except for kind of, you know, a beginning, a middle, and an end, there'd be a lot of gaps to fill. There'd be plenty of time to be in the moment. For me, not having all these spots, if you will, to remember, um, and, and, and it, it gives you the ability to be in the moment and be out there and actually listen to the people. What we do is, is kind of, you know, get a temperature for the crowd and we can adjust on the fly. We can pivot what we want. When you have everything laid out, well, it's a choreographed dancing with the stars. You know, I know where I'm going to be at this point in the match. And, oh, he's got to duck this, duck that. Here we go over the top, through the table, da, da, da. You have the whole match laid out. You're probably sleeping the night before dreaming about those spots. You'll get to a level eventually where you can go out there with some guys and you can show up an hour before the show, talk very limitedly, and then go out there and then those people are going to get something else. They're not going to get maybe the athleticism from a Randy Orton that they would from a Logan Paul, but what I can bring to the table is that emotion. And what a lot of guys, when you say that it's a little different with me than other guys, it's because I think most of those other guys are just thinking about what's next. So that's the I'm going big deal. And while I have not listened to this entire interview, I would like to. Number one, I'm a big fan of Logan Paul. He's been amazing in WWE. But Randy Orton is so interesting to me. Look, he's been around forever. Over 20 years now we're talking about. And I'm so impressed with him because, it, you know, if you're that younger generation of WWE fan right now, you don't remember what Randy Orton was like like 20 years ago. And he'll even tell you, like, he was a total asshole, really young guy, uh, disrespectful. And, and and what he has built himself into, this guy now, I I think it is so impressive. I'm a big fan of Randy Orton and, and the guy and the pro wrestler that he's become. It's It's been really cool to see the guy he is now. So I go big deal. And finally, big deal or not a big deal, how about the Dan Levitard show yesterday? Stu Gatz, I mean, look, it's... It was only earlier this week. He's tired of hearing from FSU fans complaining. I'm tired of FSU fans. I really am. Like, enough of FSU fans complaining, bitching, moaning about what's going on or what just happened to their team and their school. Get over it. Your quarterback got hurt. Then your backup quarterback got hurt. Now you're down to your third-string quarterback. The committee sat there and watched you score three points against a Louisville team in the ACC tournament. You know what? I want the ACC final. I want more committees. I want a committee to decide who makes it to the NFL playoffs. I'm going not a big deal. I mean, Stugatz, this only happened on Sunday. Like, the FSU fam, three days later, it's already enough. They can't bitch and moan anymore. Like, they need to get over it. It's kind of a big deal. I, I, I Can we give it at least a week to be upset about it? So, I'm going not a big deal. I think you're off base here, Stugatz. And that right there is another addition. A big deal or not a big deal. Yes. All right. Today's show, of course, brought to you in part by Bet Online. We got a fun night tonight. We got week 14 of the NFL getting going today. That'll keep us busy. And tomorrow we wake up and it's Friday. That's what I'm talking about. Thanks, everybody, 
Guelph put together a great show today. Uh, you, you guys worked so hard behind the scenes. Maybe I'll give you some time off, you know, with the holiday season coming up. I don't know. We'll see. Also, like I said, look out for tonight. Live stream. It's still real to me. We're going to do a special bonus episode middle of the week. Catch up on all the happenings in the world of pro wrestling. So make sure you have your notifications on on the YouTube channel and all that good stuff. A live stream. It's still real to me tonight. Looking forward to having you aboard. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Saslow Show 2.0. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.